is Pastor Rick. Welcome to On Demand. Today's message takes you down the path we started last time together where I talked about how you manage prosperity and decline, how you manage times of great success and great decline. You got to manage both. Life comes in seasons. And I want to show you today how specifically you can prosper, but also decline. And I want to show you someone who loved God, but had a great season of decline and how they managed it. God stepped in, turned it all around. Great lesson for all of us. So stay right there, right here on demand, man. The word of God is in your hand when you want it. Stay there. I'll be right back to pray for you at the end. Enjoy. Well, glad you're back. Listen, I am so excited today about our text. I want to take you right into it. It's a study of a woman who had an incredible story, a story that was a surprise to all of us. And it really is more about really about her husband in many ways, because he dies. And when he dies, he leaves her in this unsustainable state. Let me read the story to you. Second Kings chapter four, verse one. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elijah, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor, his creditor is coming to take my two sons as his slaves. Elijah replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me what you have in your house. No one stop right there. This is a story about a person who was trusting somebody, a woman trusting her husband. He was managing the resources. But he had acquired debt, didn't say why, didn't say how much, but it was obviously enough to enslave the family. It's a story about a guy who has obviously some, some prosperity because he, he has the ability to get this loan, but something goes wrong and there's a decline. And that's, that's, that's at the core of our conversation today. There are some things in life that we discover sometimes too late, we discover they're not sustainable. We discovered that you can start something, but there's a payday. There's a moment when you run into a challenge and that's where we are in the story. Whatever dream he had, whatever thing he was excited about, he didn't think beyond his life. So he dies all of a sudden, doesn't say how, doesn't say when, but he dies. And I love the way his wife described him. He was a good man. He was a man who was doing well. He was, he was revered. He was respected. And, and she says, Elijah, you know he was a good servant, a good prophet. But now he's left his wife in this place because of a decline. And this is the important point I want you to see. You can't have success without decline. You can't have growth without decline. There are seasons where you're going to have a good relationship, but there's going to be decline, a breakdown in communication. Something's going to go wrong. That's part of success. What's interesting is she's left in this place and now she has to manage the decline. There is a lesson for all of us in that. You will have to at some point manage a decline. There is a moment when something will happen, something will take place that wasn't expected. And it may not even be your fault. There's no, there's no indication that she did anything. She didn't manage this. This was his debt, she said, the Bible said. It was his debt. He went out, he made the debt. He, he made the arrangement with some guy. And so the guy says, you know, back in these days, <laughs> they said, okay, if you can't pay me, there's no bankruptcy. I'm going to come get your children and they're going to work it off or they'll be slaves for the rest of their lives because the debt had to be paid. They used to even have something called debtor's prison. 
So some of you say, well, I know I would have visa would have been put me in jail. Yep. <laughs> so would sure would have put you in jail would have been all over. Some of you, if you, you know, boy, thank God that's not true now. But for, for a lot of people, they can relate to this story. Decline. Now, we don't expect it. Now, I don't know if you're like me. You know, if I buy a stock, I expect it to go up only, period. I don't expect a decline. I'm watching one now I bought, and it's like, it's down. <laughs> but, but I believe in the company, so I'm holding on, right? Right? Right. Okay. There are times when you have to decide, you know, am I a person who believes in this or not? Now, when, when I make money or I do well, I'm going, oh, yeah, I bought that stock. It went up. Well, I knew it was. Yeah, boy, but sometimes, sometimes, you know, you see it in your kids. You know, you invest in them. You do all this, and then there's the season of decline. And it just doesn't go right. When I came to pastor the church, you know, it was declined. The first, the first six months, it went down, oh, my God, about in half, I think. It was painful. It's painful to watch, but it grew. But you can't have success without decline. And sometimes, sometimes you just want to celebrate success. You know, everyone is to celebrate decline. So now she's managing decline, and I love the fact that she's going for help. Think about that for a minute. Sometimes some of you, some of us get caught up in just suffering and not reaching out. So she goes and she lays her case out before Elijah. And I love the, I love the response. He says in verse 2 of chapter uh, 4, 2 Kings 4, 2, he says, what do you have in your house? We're going to start with what you have. We're not going to start with what you don't have. We're not going to look at the neighbors. We're not going to go talk to anybody. We're not going we're to start with what you have. We're not going to the bank. We're not going to get a loan. We're not going to get another loan to pay off the first loan. We're not going to do any of that. We're going to start with what we have. And, and we're going to build from there. So watch what happens now. Verse 3. Elijah said, go around and ask all of your neighbors for empty, empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. I want you to go and get jars. I want you to go get jars. Didn't say what he's going to do. Didn't say why. Just said, I want you to go get some jars and don't get a few. Get a lot of them. Get all the jars you can. So she went and she gathered all these jars, right? And she got all these jars. And the Bible says this. Now watch what happens. She said in verse 4, then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. And here's what I want you to do. The all you already have. Watch, watch what he said now. He asked her, what do you have in your house? All I have, he says, I just got some oil. Okay, we're going to start with that. I want you to go get jars, as many jars as you can, as many jars as you can borrow. Go to neighbors. Can I ask them, can I get some jars? Can I borrow a jar? You got any jars? Can I borrow your jars? And she gets all these jars. The kids, son, get all these jars. They bring all the jars in the house, right? And so... She gets the jars and she starts, watch this now. He tells her, he says, you go in and you close the door, just you and your sons. And then I want you to do this. The Bible says, verse three, she, she uh, go in, verse three, ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for a few. Verse four, then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to the the one side. I want you guys to close the door. I'm going to work this miracle, but I don't want anybody to see it. And I want you to take charge of this moment. Notice how engaged they are in the process. This is not a God doing it without them thing. This is a God doing a miracle with them involved. They had to go gather the jars. They had to pour the oil. They had to close the doors. They had to wait. They were engaged. You'll never be prosperous, blessed, unless you're involved in the process. 
And this is them managing a declining moment. There's, there's no way that your life is going to always be up. That's not sustainable. You have to learn to manage the down moments and watch what he tells them to do. Get involved in solving your own problem. Get involved and fixing your own family, your own issues. I'm not, I'm gonna lock you in the room and I want you guys to do it yourself. I'm gonna bless you because you're obeying me, but I want you involved. This idea that you can just pray some great prayer, Lord, prosper us, give us a job, give us some money, open the door for us. Oh, Heavenly Father, and you're not involved at all, forget it. It doesn't work that way. You reap what you sow. Let me say it again, you reap what you sow. That's why you can't get angry with somebody else has something that, that they sowed and you don't. You don't have to make fun of people who prosper and do well. These folks were in decline. These folks had a challenge. And Elijah says, let me give you an object lesson. Go in, close the door, start with what you have. <clears throat> Stop dwelling on the education you don't have. Use the one you have. Stop dwelling on going to college. If you don't have the money, use what you have, your high school degree. Use that. There's something about starting with what you got. Instead of sitting home moping about what you don't have. I don't have a man, but you got yourself. You don't have a woman, but you have yourself. Start with you. Make you amazing. <laughs> good stuff. I'd say good stuff. Verse five. So she left him. She shut the door. She shut the door behind her and her sons. She says, he told me what to do. I'm doing it. Doors closed. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. I promise you they were dancing and shouting and happy because this is stuff they can sell, right? This oil. This is going to sustain them. But notice, but he replied, there is not another jar left. That's it. And you can hear, man, I told you to go across the street there. He had some jars. But no, you're only going to get what you gather. Let me say it again. You're only going to get what you gather. One more time. You're only going to get what you have the faith to gather. So the oil stopped flowing. Last drop. Last drop. You know why your life is still declining? Because you ain't got no more jars out. You have no more jars out. There's, there's, there's nothing for God to use. I always say, give God something to work with. That's why the jar and gathering was important. God had the jar. He could pour some in. There's nothing for God to work with. Watch this. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go and sell the oil and pay your debts. Go free yourself. I want, I want you to notice this for a minute. And you and your sons can live on what's left. But I want you to first pay off your debt. I have had the privilege and the honor of being a person who's managed millions of dollars over these last several years of my life. That's true. But I can tell you one thing that is not good and not healthy and not helpful. It's a whole lot of debt. For some of you, the next time you get an opportunity, get out of debt. The next time you get an opportunity, pay off those credit cards. 
The next time you get an opportunity, make that a goal. First thing he told her to do, he didn't tell her to save first. Pay off your debts first. Get that dude out of your life. You don't need anybody in your life that can enslave you. You don't need anybody in your life that can put you in bondage. You don't need anybody in your life. You don't need a car that bad, a house that bad. You don't need anything that bad that has you nervous. How much do you owe? And how vulnerable is your family? Can they just come and cart you off? Now, I got a testimony I want to, <laughs> I'm going to have to put it on the screen because <laughs> this is my testimony. You ready? I have survived my madness and learned a valuable lesson. I need to be careful about long-term obligations. I need bigger cash margins and options to stay safe. That's what I've learned in my life. I have learned. I've been fortunate. I, I, I have great credit score. One of them real high, I mean, man, I pay people, always have. Nothing's ever been repossessed. I've never been, but here's what's amazing. But I have come to moments of tightness. I mean, I know what it's like to, to pray over a payroll. I know what it's like to have to, you know, fix something that costs more than you can afford. I know what it's like to have to make payments. I understand all that. I totally get it. But I thank God. I've also learned that my high tolerance for debt, and I have a high tolerance for it. Personally, my wife don't have one, but I do. And I've learned, ah, it's not good. Mm -mm. No, man, it ain't good for you. You want to you deal with it? And you want to deal with it now. You business people, you want to deal with it. You want to you deal with these taxes. You want to deal with these issues. You want to deal with your life. You folks want to, you want to deal with this. You want to start, deal with this. Every year you're going on vacation, spending money you can't afford. You want to start saving for it. You want to get, get in front of it. You want to change your life. Now, I'm not going to say anymore. I've said a lot in the past. I'm going to make some observations about this story that I want you to think about. Okay, here we go. Number one, this is a woman in a vulnerable position. I want you to see that. That is not fun. And some of you live in decline. Number two, this is the wife of a religious man in a vulnerable position. They're godly people, leaders. This is a religious leader. This is a pastor's wife. Number three, this is a wife that survived the death of her main provider. Her main provider was gone. A lot of you don't think beyond your main provider, and you should, because it's not sustainable. Nobody is eternal. You need to think about what's going to happen to you. I'm not trying to make you nervous. I'm just trying to say, hey, it's not sustainable to assume that you're going to have prosperity without decline, that you're going to have increase without decline. That's not possible. I'm the pastor of the church, but I will not always be the pastor. That's, that's just not, it's not sustainable for me to assume that. Number four, this woman left with a debt by her husband that she could not pay. And, and, and she didn't, I mean, it's like, she, it was his debt. Number five, this is the woman about to lose her two sons to slavery because of debt. Her two sons were about to be taken from her. Number six, this is the woman that reaches out for help. I like that. And that's what some of you need to do. Number seven, watch this now. This is the woman, last one, that listened to good advice and implemented it. She did what she was supposed to. So here's the question. How 
did this happen to a godly family that was faithful and committed? How did it happen to you? How does this happen? Well, because part of life is, watch this now, watch this, increase and decline. You have to anticipate it. I love a verse where Jesus, where <laughs> Peter said, and I think he said in 1 Peter, arm yourself with the same mind that Christ had when he came to suffering. You have to be prepared. There's going to be decline. There's going to be challenge. Arm yourself with the same mind. You, know, you got to be prepared for it. Expect it. I'm going to have times like this. So what could he have done to protect his family? What can you do so this doesn't happen? Because the decline's coming. The challenge is coming. There is a, I'm a big lover of stats and information. So I'm going to put some stuff up on the screen I want you to think about. The average family in, in our country, the un, what I call the unsustainable truth about most families in America. And this is not sustainable, what I'm about, about to show you as I close. They have very small financial margins. 56% of Americans can't cover a $1,000 emergency expense with savings. 56% of Americans. If they had a crisis, they could not go to their savings account and get $1,000. 56%. That's over one out of two people. Number two, watch this now. <laughs> If they had to pay $1,000 for an emergency, this is how the average American in this study would have had to do it. You ready? Here we go. 44% of the people who had a $1,000 emergency would, have had, would, would, have, uh, would pay from a savings account to handle that. Only 44%. 44% would be able to go to a savings account and get the money. 20% would charge on a credit card and pay it over time. 20% would have to use a credit card if they had a $1,000 emergency. 15% would pay the bill and cut other expenses. 15% would have to say, well, I'm not going to pay this. I'm going to pay that now. I'm going to rob Peter to pay Paul. They wouldn't pay their light bill, their phone bill, or whatever. 10% would borrow from a family or friend. Hey, man, can you loan me some money? I need $1,000. My refrigerator broke. My car broke. 4% would have to take out a personal loan. 4%. I want you, I posted the um, information there on the web. If you pull down the notes, you can see that quote and those, that survey. I want you to think about this because you, if you're not careful, are in one of those down places. And if you don't watch yourself, that's where your life will be. I believe the common trap they fall into, especially religious people, is the assumption that God must protect them without their participation. That's what she fell into. God's going to protect her because he's a godly man. That's what she said. But Galatians 6 and 7 says, no, you reap what you sow. If you don't plan it, if you don't plan for it, if we don't plan for it, then it won't change. It's all about that. Do not be deceived, Galatians 6 and 7. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. For if we do not give up, verse 10 says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good. There's something about being honest with ourselves and saying, you know, man, I, ah, man, man, this is not sustainable. And so 
Pause right now where you can in your life. And I want you to just think about this. If you're in that 54%, if you're in that group that you said, you're right, Pastor Rick, I said 56%. If you're in that group, you need to say, I need to do something about this. Now, here's what you do. First of all, don't feel guilty. Learn. Remember I told you I said about my madness? Learn. Learn from, learn from the declines. Let the declines teach you. So when the prosperity comes again and you sow yourself into that, you pray and sow, do your part, and God blesses what you have. And I really believe this. I believe that, that honoring God, planning, praying, listening to counsel, good advice like Moses did when Jethro spoke to him. I mentioned in my previous sermon. When you do that and you, and you, you listen to counsel like she did in this story, she listened to good counsel, her life changed. I believe in miraculous opportunities. But the problem is God brought deliverance to my life and I brought more bondage in. God would give me money and then I would give it away. God would open up doors for me and I wouldn't stop. I, I didn't learn. It took me a while to learn. Stop, stop. Just pause for a minute. God's trying to free you. He's trying to lift you. I believe that's what he's doing for our church. I believe he's trying to lift us. I, I want to say, I want to be clear about this. There's a time when God has given us great Gary's. Now, our church, our church is, is, is a church that has, has used debt well. We, 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 we bought acres of land and built millions of dollars worth of property and stuff. So, yeah, we, we have, right, right now we're paying, I think, 8% of our income goes toward paying off debt. That's all we spend, about 8%, 8 to 10, about 8, and the average of about 8. And, our, and we're in the middle of a process right now, which, which, which you know, we, we're, pay, we're paying it on off. We want to get it all done. And, and that's because I understand in a time of increase. Now I get it because here's what I believe will happen. If you don't deal with it. The client's coming. And, and we have to respect how this works. Christians have this mindset that's just strange. It's almost like they're anti talking about money, anti planning, anti strategy. God's going to work it all out. I don't have to do anything. Yes, you do. And, and I hope it doesn't take a declining season to punish you, to make you look at your life. Fix it while you can. Learn from the story. In our next time together, I want to take another turn. And I want to take you on a journey and I want to talk about the, that, that sad place you can be when you're disappointed. You know, sometimes in life, the truth is we're disappointed. And we live in this constant state of disappointment. And here's a, here's the truth. That's not sustainable. If I keep living in a place of disappointment, the Bible said, the Bible said in Proverbs 13, 12, he said, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. I have to learn how to get it done. If I'm going to be happy, if I'm going to be a satisfied person, I've got to learn how to get it done. And I cannot spend my life dreaming and never achieving because disappointment will sit in and I, Ricky Temple will become a, 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 a not so nice person and that's not sustainable. I think a lot of preachers who do dumb things, they're just frustrated, working too hard, just become self-destructive. That's why they drink, that's why they do drugs, that's why they end up sleeping with somebody, doing stuff because they're, they're, they're not happy. And that's why you've got to deal with that part of you. You can't let that live. 
because that's not sustainable. But that we talk about next time. Let's pray. Father, let this be, I pray, a time of healing and lifting. Give us vision to see beyond how we feel today. And I pray, Father, that you'd help us today to manage the down seasons and the up seasons, to learn from this lady, even if it's not our fault, if we got here because of someone else, if we got here because we didn't see it coming, however we got here, we believe that we can obey you, take some important steps, and, and, and give God something to work with. And I believe, God, you can fill up our lives with the oil we need, the resources we need. I thank you and I give you all praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Lord, I pray for anybody that doesn't know you as Savior. May this be the moment that they say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Let this be that time. My life will never be the same. I pray they would pray this prayer, admitting their need for God. And this will be the beginning journey in Jesus' name. Amen. What a story. What an amazing story. Someone who was a victim of debt and loss wasn't her fault, but it was a family issue that she was left with. Some of you can relate to that. You were put in a position by someone else. Maybe they tried but didn't get it right, but you had to figure it out in the end. But look at how God helped her. Learning how to manage times of decline is really important. And the way she stepped up in faith and operated in a new discipline, and it ended up blessing her for life. You know, you can make a change. You don't have to accept where you are. You can say right now, I'm going to take this message and manage both declining seasons and the prosperous seasons. And so when the prosperous seasons come back, you'll be prepared for them. Let me pray for you. Father, let this be that moment of change and adjustment, healing and blessing, I pray. And I give you all the glory for how you are going to give them victory through this season. And may they learn the lessons of being strong in decline and strong in seasons of prosperity. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next time. Thank you for joining me. And remember, make sure you look at your life and ask yourself, is this sustainable? If not, learn how to deal with both. Incline, increase, and decrease. See you next time. Bye-bye.